Boom! Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest Paul Ross. Paul is on a passionate mission to teach already successful entrepreneurs and salespeople how to skyrocket their results through the power of subconscious communication. He is an author, speaker, and master hypnotist, as well as a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. If you want to tap into the power of subconscious communication, then this is a must-listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have special guest Paul Ross on the show. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. And as I'm sharing this wonderful adventure into the realm of winning mindset, I'd just like to say it is my honor to be the person who's leading this exploration. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's get into state. I love breathing. It's such a powerful way just to calm us down. So we're going to take in three Three power breaths. I define a power breath as breathing in through the belly, up through the chest. And we're going to raise our hands above our head. Let's go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. All right. Now I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. We're going to yell boom at the top of our lungs to get the energy level up in three, two, one. And boom. Boom. There you go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you playing along, Paul. So I feel the foundation for any success in life is what we do first when we wake up in the morning, right? Our go-to morning habits, rituals, routines. What are a couple of things you do right when you wake up in the morning that sets you down that path towards success? First and foremost thing I do is I do some energized breathing. I'm a student of pranayama. So I do about 11 minutes. For some reason, the number 11 works for me. I do 11 minutes of pranayama, a little bit of yoga breathing, and some other techniques I've come up with. Then I do 11 minutes of meditation. Now, the kind of meditation I do is called vipassana. Are you familiar okay. with vipassana? I'm not. So Vipassana is Buddhist insight meditation. It's thousands of years old as a practice. We don't do mantra japa, which is meditating on a sound or, or a word, which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But Vipassana is a way of observing the flow of experience with radical non-interference of what's going on. And we pick our object of what we're going to focus on. For example, I like to focus on the breath external sound and body sensation and at any given time one of those is going to be arising in consciousness more powerfully than the other so i pay attention to which is arising more powerfully and every once in a while those three will unify together and when that happens i note unification and then they break apart and i note breaking apart and when they come together like that there's a moment of unconditional peace. It is what they call in the New Testament, the peace beyond human understanding. So that's the start of how I start my morning. 
And how long have you been practicing those two two pieces? Oh, Lord, years. And I find I need them. And just to be outright, I, I think we need to be transparent when we teach and when we share. My history, my story is I am not by nature a happy person. I am a happy person as I go through my life. I've found that I need this and a few other practices to maintain my choice to do the practice of happiness. So I don't believe happy is a quality. I believe it is a practice that we consistently do that comprises our energy, what we do with our cognitive beliefs, and what we do with our breath. So it has different elements. So for me to main, uh, maintain a happy, productive life, I have chosen to do these practices. I love that. And I, I feel like so many times in, in life, we give up that power of choice and we have a, we have choices all along our day and, and choosing happiness is, is one of the choices that you can, you can definitely make. So for, for the audience and, and for background, give a little con- context into your experience your your career just shortly and then we'll get into mindset and all those great pieces that we're going to talk about so i am on a passionate mission to help already successful entrepreneurs salespeople, business owners to up level their results through understanding the power of subconscious communication both to themselves and interpersonally how they relate with other people i am by profession an author i wrote this wonderful book subtle words that sell, a speaker, a master practitioner and trainer of neurolinguistic programming, and I am a hypnotist, and I am a former dating and confidence coach for lonely single guys. Where I learned a lot of my lessons about altering negative beliefs and negative mindset. Okay. Love it. Love it. And I appreciate you sharing sharing a little bit of the, the background of, of where you're coming from. So let's get into mindset. You know, sure. Mindset that uh, the battle within our minds is is the battle that never stops, right? And and it's our minds never sleep, never eat, knows our weaknesses, and it's it's so such an area where people struggle with. So, in your experience, what are a couple ways to quickly shift your mindset? Maybe if you're dwelling in the negative, and listen, we we've been what 20, 21 weeks or twenty one months dealing with COVID, a lot of fear, a lot of stress, a lot of negativity. What are a couple of strategies that people can use to, to shift their mindset from a place of a lack or negativity into abundance and, and positivity? Well, I like to get started before the negativity has a chance to take over. Okay. I have certain affirmations I do. I do them in a state where uh, something of an altered state where I do it in a self-hypnotic state or a state with my eyes closed. I do the following inf- affirmations. I am blessed to have my challenges in my life. I am blessed to joyously, creatively, creatively face my challenges in my life. I am blessed to joyously, creatively, creatively conquer my challenges in my life. That's the first one. The second one is uncertainty and confusion are my joyous gateways to my clarity, my focus, my purpose, my vision, my joyous achievement and creation of my amazing and awesome life. So rather than ignore those things, I take confusion and uncertainty as signs that I'm about to progress. We don't want to walk around always happy, always positive, because I think we live in a world where there's a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of our so-called negative beliefs, they have tremendous what I call cognitive momentum and emotional inertia. So if we try, excuse me, 
try to just disappear them or fight back against them, it's going to create a tremendous internal struggle. It's going to create a friction that doesn't have to be there when we create personal change. May I give you a metaphor, please? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Jewish. When we were kids, we celebrated Hanukkah. It's okay. kind of a kid's, Hanukkah, uh, kid's holiday. Mm -hmm. And when I was eight years old, I liked to break my little brother Stevie's toys. Stevie was six. He's okay. two years younger. He, excuse me, he's still a little traumatized by it. My sister, my older sister, Anita, bought Stevie a toy robot. Now, back in 1966, toy robots could only do three things. They could go forward. They could go backward or you could push a button to make their eyes blink. Okay. Being a little bit of a schmuck, I pressed the forward button and the backward button at the same time. The robot began to shake. Blue smoke came out of its robot butt as the wires melted. It fell over. Okay. It had this tremendous internal conflict. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. So I think that can be the way what happens in personal change. And what I can tell you as a hypnotist is there's a law called the law of compound suggestion. Okay. Which means if you have a lot of different thoughts and they have, they've been going on for a long, long time, let's say 10 years, you've been telling yourself you can't do something, you can't do something. And the traditional advice is, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a huge conflict. So okay. I want to give you three magic words to undo that. May I do that? Sure. The three words are up until now. Up until now, it was my experience that I did not have the skills to be consistent with my work. And now I claim my learning of my skills to enjoy my consistency, to achieve my goals. Sounds like a big mouthful, but actually, again, as a hypnotist, you wanna get rapport with the unconscious mind. When I say up until now, it says to the unconscious mind, yes, I know there's been a conflict, I acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So it gets rapport with the unconscious. It also binds the problem in time. So it says it was a problem, but it no longer is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yep. I appreciate that. And it's it's very insightful of how you're oh, acknowledging it and then giving a time of, hey, up until now, we we are, are, are addressing it. So I, I definitely, definitely appreciate that piece. So influence. Let's let's talk a little bit about influence. Obviously, you work with with entrepreneurs, business owners, and use you know the subconscious language and communication to increase their sales and 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 grow their yes. business De yes. describe a little bit how you see influence and, and what are some strategies you use to help entrepreneurs business owners to move the needle even more in the positive direction well i see a paradox when it comes to the way i teach sales the way i teach influence i am not an off-the-shelf traditional teacher okay. i color outside the lines i disconnect the dots i think outside the box to me influence and sales is about two things it's about getting your ideas into the other person's mind that's true but it's also about expanding their mind to include your ideas Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It appears to be a paradox, but it's not. So the first thing I want my students and potential students as you're listening to understand is you're never selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. That's the first thing you have to understand. The second thing is decisions are made largely on the subconscious level. And that's a powerful thing because it links to the third idea which is you have to appeal to the imagination. Whatever you can get your prospect to imagine, 
for themselves will be perceived by themselves as being their own thought and therefore they will not resist it. Is this making sense? It is. It is. And, uh, you know, the, the good feelings and, and the thought process around, you know, the decisions and, and it definitely, definitely makes sense. So, you know, related to the subconscious mind, how are, how are some ways that you can use language to break into that subconscious mind and, and build Correct. rapport, right? That, Cause that's obviously there's some gatekeepers there that are up front that, that don't want you to get through. So, well, so what are some well, strategies? Here's Here's an outrageous claim I'm going to make, all right? The outrageous claim I'm going to make is within a minute, you can create rapport using four different words. Okay. So let's say the traditional way to make a sales presentation is, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Joe Schmo. I'm really excited today to be presenting to you this widget that's going to help you achieve 30% 30% more productivity with 15% less work. If you have questions, please ask them. Here we go. That's the traditional way. But mm-hmm. I like to be a lot more vague. I like to say, before we explore this opportunity together, I just want to invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, let's look at those words. Mm-hmm. We implies that we're we're doing it together instead of i'm going to do it to you we implies an implied relationship word explore implies an activity that we're doing together doesn't Mm -hmm. it yes correct yep and here's the cool thing in every exploration there must be a follower and for every follower there must therefore be a leader exactly now am i saying directly that i am their leader no I'm implying it. So when I imply something, the unconscious or subconscious mind, I use those words interchangeably because I'm a hypnotist, they put them together and the unconscious mind says, oh, this person is my leader. As we explore together, again, together is an implied relationship word. I just want to invite you. When you extend an invitation, it's one person to another and it implies a valuable thing. Does that make sense? It makes totally sense. Yeah. I just want to invite you to please share the questions. Did I say ask the questions? No. No, I said share the questions. What's the difference between sharing questions and asking questions? Share implies an activity that you're doing with someone. Hmm. And then I threw in another really good one. I threw in a great decisions being made. That's right. deliberately being vague. Did I say what the great decision is going to be? No, you did not. Did I say who's going to be making the great decision? No, you did not. Or when? What if I'd said a great decision to buy our software is by uh, is going to be made by you today? They would have flipped me the bird. But right. by being um, by being vague, they're mm-hmm. going to fill in that blank for themselves. Yeah, I would also say when you say by you, then it's almost like a pressure, right? And and all of a sudden the guard comes up in, in the overall process. Exactly. So whatever we can get them to imagine for themselves is perceived by them as being their own idea. Now we do that through suggestion. We do it through implying things and we do it by being vague. There are three techniques to do it. I like to teach my students how to combine those techniques because okay. when you combine them, it has tremendous amounts of power. I love it. And and it totally made sense. And it, it felt light 
right? When when you you stated that way and framed it up that way, it was so light as compared to the traditional way. It feels very straight, like hammering home, and and here is here is what's going to happen. And and I would say people on the other end of that, many times their defenses pop up right away, right? And here's a, there's not only no defense, there's a state of receptivity. There's a state of wanting to see you succeed because you've implied that you are their leader without saying it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's very, very, very interesting. So I what, know. what, what else? Share, share some other, I, I love that piece and I'm going to definitely right after this uh, recording, play well, it back. Cause I, well, I loved it so much. What if I said to you that sometimes you need to break rapport, that rapport is not always a good thing that to succeed this again, like I said, I color outside the lines. I disconnect the dots. I'm very controversial in this sense. I think often you need to break rapport and rapport is super overrated. Okay. I'll give you an example and forgive me for that dinging sound. I wasn't able to turn off my email. I apologize. So here's where you break rapport. Let's say someone offers a, an objection. You've okay. probably heard this one. I need more time to think it over. You ever hear Absolutely. that one? What <laughs> is your response? Everybody, everybody in business has has heard that 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 response. So, Jeff, when I say to you, if that was my objection, I need more time to think it over. What would your response be? Typically, it would be, I, I'd like to understand what exactly you need to think over in the time you're going to take. Okay, that's okay. But I like to shock the other person. Okay, I want to I want to break their way of thinking because when I shock them, when I break rapport, I create a temporary window of suggestibility. Okay, that compels them. That compels them to become open to the direction of thinking I want them to go. So when you say I need more time to think it over, I shock you. I break rapport by saying, "Have you ever taken a long time to think something over, and it still turned out?" to be a horrible decision. Ah, now I've broken rapport with you. Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity you need to recognize this is a great decision. So think about it like that. What do we really need to get out on the table so you can see it's safe to move forward today? You get it? So I want to break rapport. I don't want to stay in rapport. I want to break it because breaking rapport creates that gap, that gap of suggestion. And the only way they can bridge it is by following the meaning that you give them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That, that was uh, definitely interesting because Uh I'm sure the the listening audience, if you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, business owner, you've, you've heard, I just, I need more time. You've heard that. And that, that is kind of like a, a standard canned response when people have that pause button internally that's playing. Yes. Yep. So, so true. Awesome. So what else, what else do you want to share with the audience related to, you know, influence? Let's talk about influence a little bit more, right? Influence. What, what else, what else can you share as far as body language, subconscious cues, communication? Is there a way they should be sitting, standing, presenting? I think it's relatively, I think, again, I'm going to be contrarian and I'm going to say that's relative, relatively unimportant. Compared okay. to the compared to the power of being able to speak vaguely, to establish rapport through the languaging that you use, to be able to break rapport when you need to be, to deliberately, to deliberately be unclear. Everyone says make the message clear. I say no, no. 
there are times when you should not make the message clear. Let's and this is going to sound like a load of gobbledygook, but it actually makes sense. Let's say someone says, why should I hire your firm or okay. why should I hire you? What do most people do? They give a list of reasons and blah, blah, blah. Right. The problem is, even if your reasons and your data are fine, you're still buying into the frame that you need to prove something to the other person and the other person holds the power and the value. Gotcha. Many of us will not recognize that for some buyers, for some clients or customers, there's a power struggle. Mm -hmm. They like to think of themselves as being more powerful. So if someone says to me, why should I hire you? I'll say, well, Mr. Smith, I can't be the one to say why you'll discover your own reasons to do that. You're the only person who can find yourself doing that because it feels right and comfortable to you. Now that's incredibly vague. It doesn't say anything specific, but when you're vague like that, when you're confusing like that, the only way they can make sense of it is by diving down into their own imagination and coming up with their own reasons for wanting to do it. Now, I also snuck in something there I call a transphrase. I said, find yourself. What does it mean to find yourself doing something? Jeff, did you ever just find yourself reaching for the refrigerator and you don't even remember what it was you wanted or the walking over to open that door? Absolutely. Did you ever just find yourself falling in love? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> uh huh. Did you do it for conscious reasons? Did you say, I like this, that, and the other thing, therefore I'm going to fall in no, love? No, no, absolutely not. Did you ever find yourself falling out of love and thinking, what the heck was I thinking? Yes. All right. So find yourself, discover yourself. These are what I call transphrases. Okay. They imply without stating an unconscious process that requires no conscious participation and makes resistance impossible because it's happening automatically on the unconscious level. So again, I'm being unclear. I'm making the I'm not making the message clear. I say, don't make the message clear at the right time, confuse your prospect and break rapport, which is the exact opposite of every ever, every other sales training. Look, I like to appeal to people who are unconventional, who want to beat their personal best, who are looking for the cutting edge and don't like off the shelf stuff. So this is my joy. You can probably see it in my face right. of breaking people's ideas. When I was a little kid, I was sassing my mom. My mom shook her finger, <clears throat> excuse me. She said, Paul, if you don't knock it off, one day you'll grow up to be an iconoclast. I said, what's that mom? She said, that's someone who goes around kicking over other people's sacred ideas and really I can't say the word, really making them very angry. Right. And I said, I can't wait. That's what I want. I want to be an iconoclast. So I make good money being an iconoclast and helping people leapfrog with the results and compelling their prospects to buy in a way that serves the prospects. There's nothing wrong with being compelling in mm -hmm. a way that serves your prospect and your sale. In fact, nowadays, it's incumbent upon you to do so because here's another principle, and forgive me if I'm stepping on you. I don't mean to. Nowadays, no like and trust is not enough. Nowadays, you have to get your prospect to trust their own ability to make a great decision, and prospects don't do that, can't do that because they're overwhelmed. They have too many options. They're confused. They have too much stuff going on with this thing. Can you see that? Right. And so you have to assist them in trusting themselves. So these are things that are not 
conventional, but I'm drawn to the unconventional. And I like to teach people who want that cutting edge and like the unconventional. I love it. And I, I think that's a perfect place to, to stop because, uh, wow, lot, lots of, lots of value. And I love the unconventional approach. So Paul, where can people, uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more information about you? Sure. So if you'd like to close bigger sales, close them more often and close them with far less work. If you are the kind of person who's looking for something unconventional, not off the shelf, something that will let you beat your personal best, I have my Invisible Influence series. Text the word COMPEL to 411-321. Again, text the word COMPEL to 411-321 and we'll send you out the Invisible Influence series. Make sure you respond with your email to the first text because that's the way we're going to deliver it to you. Awesome. Paul, appreciate you being on the show. I loved it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.